Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Um, my name is Yvonne. Uh, I'm a sexaholic uh, from Barcelona. And as I said, sobriety date is the 11th of October 2011. Um, I haven't spoken now in a long time in, in SA, so I'm... Um, I'm a, uh, yeah, it's all very strange. But it was so nice to hear everybody introducing yourself from all over the world. It's really great. Um, the, the Before I begin, because I chose the topic, which actually was from scattered to gathered, but it can be also what you said, Daniel, which was from, um, I don't know what you said, but it also applies for me. <laughs> um uh, I just briefly say what was my uh, my main forms of acting out. Basically, just um, just to reaffirm that I belong here after these these years of of, of recovery. Um, my basic form of acting out was well, my obsession with men, men as in I always say men of what um, blood and flesh, flesh and blood. Um, I, I never got hooked on the, on the internet. I, I had enough with going to a disco and wearing sexy clothes. Um, I uh, wanted to be lusted afterwards. My, frame, my main f- form of acting out, obsession uh, with my looks, my body, with being overly thin, uh, being a sex object, um, one night stands, um, long and short term, one night stands, which people call relationships, but they were really one night stands that were just or longer or shorter, um, sex and masturbation. So, um, yes, I have, I haven't, um, acted out since the 11th of October, 2011. And it's so wonderful to be able to say that today and that I really feel uh, nine years have really gone by from that form, those forms of acting out and, and when I look back, it's still very, very painful, and still um, brings a lot of darkness to my to my mind when I think of everything or things that might come back in a in a flash. But I'm here now, and it's over now, and I'm very grateful to SA, and that I SA gave me a new life, a new opportunity. I I arrived in SA crawling basically, and um, I had been already nine years in other twelve-step programs because there's severe alcoholism and neurosis in my my family, and I was in an Al-Anon for many years and another S fellowship, but I never never got better. Things got better, but as a whole, I never got better as a person. And the the real deal came with with SA. When I, when SA said, uh, yeah, the sobriety definition, the day I, first day I walked into SA and they told me the sobriety definition, I knew that was it. And I've been sober since that day. Um, there was no way out. I had tried everything and, um, it had to be this way or no way. 
I, um, as I said, I came after nine years of trying my own way, even in 12-step programs, which I also had affairs in 12-step programs. So um, it just wasn't, it just didn't work until really SA uh, really gave me the solution for for a new a new way of living. When I arrived in, in SA, uh, nine years, it's going to be soon nine years and a half ago next in April, I arrived... Um, Basically, as I said, I was a fragmented person because that's why my title was from scattered to gathered. I was a fragmented person, opposite of a whole person. I had no purpose, no identity, no structure in my life, no conscience, no higher power, no coherence, no friends, no intimacy, no support, no love, no true connection, a life of self-abuse and addiction, of a fear-based, uh, fear-based life, running, always running, running. I don't know from what, but I was just running. And I had dreams I could never, ever fulfill. I wanted to study. I wanted to go to museums. I wanted to read in libraries. I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to be a wife, a mother, a housewife. I wanted to be solvent financially, to have a profession. Um, I wanted to save the world. and. Um, Nothing of that happened while I wasn't in SA. Um, thankfully, most of those things that I have mentioned have happened and are happening in my life. And um, all I can say is I'm I'm very grateful to the fellowship. Um, I I I lived a life of terror. I was brought up in a very um, terrorizing home, and every morning when I woke up. Um, I was just scared to death to to be alive another day. So I just got through life whichever way I could to surviving. But now it's different today, even though I must say my recovery, or I'm just talking about my recovery, has been very hard as well. But there are fruits now, and there's a lot of beautiful things in my life. And um, now I feel more a whole person and more a gathered person. That's why I I wanted to say from like fragmented to a whole person. So um, what is it that SA has brought back? What's, what is it that SA has done for me and what is my, what's my life like today? Um, first, I just wanted to, to, to give a bit of a list of, because I love lists and I'm doing lists all day because I've always been, as I said, never had any structure or order. So now I do it by lists and uh, Basically, I'll just say the list of what I have today, thanks to SA, and then how it actually happened in my life. Just keep checking the time. How things happened in in my recovery, in my life in SA, in my recovery. I have now uh, a spiritual life. I I focus a lot on recovery and self-care. I have hobbies. I I, I have a creative hobby. I have a men- uh, mental activity hobby. I have uh, become a wife, uh, a housewife. I'm, uh, I've discovered my profession. I'm an English teacher, but I, try, I studied in university. I'm a business owner. Um, I do service today, gladly rendered, not like when I started in recovery that I did um, service because I was forced to do service, but now I do it and I'm very happy to do service. Um, which I don't do much of. I must say um, in the last years, I've just been too caught up in other things. And I'm starting to have relationships with other human beings, which is all is now my hardest. Um, my hardest thing is trying to relate uh, to others 
um, as, as, as I said, I'm um, a multiple addict and also recovering from, from severe codependence. So how did all this happen in these last nine years and there's still to come? The first thing that the essay gave me was a connection with God and a higher power. And without that, it was impossible. I think the rest was not possible. Um, the first thing that happened with thanks to my sobriety was I was guided by um, an old timer to go back to the faith of my childhood and my two, my family, my both Irish, my mother was Irish, my father is Spanish. They both come from a very Catholic background and um, and even though they never liked the church, I decided to go back to the to the church and it all went very smoothly. I, fa I found a very nice priest and the, and and he he helped me through the whole transition of um of um doing the steps to becoming a catholic and today I am very proud and it's one of my it's one of no it's the cornerstone where I stand on every every single day you know it gives so much structure to my life and to my spiritual life and um it started all much simpler but uh, I just followed uh, instructions and I and I just um, went to the church and things just happened. And uh, today I'm very, very grateful. And um, yeah, my connection to God, um, I think, can be improved a lot, but I feel it's very strong and it supports me um, through very difficult times I've gone through, especially in the last year, few years. Um Thanks to SA, I did a lot of service. As I said, most of it was through pressure because if not, I wouldn't recover. I'm grateful I did it because I was held in the fellowship by service, but I did exhaust myself doing service. And now I see I probably did too much of it at the time. In SA, I met my husband, which I suppose most of you know, I married somebody in the fellowship. Um, my my husband is Luke from Belgium, and um, there I was able to fulfill the dream of becoming a, a wife and a housewife. I was already a little bit of a mother because I have a little dog, so my dog now has a little a little no a very tall father, and um, and um, we 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 have struggled a lot in our marriage. Today the topic isn't about my marriage, but it has been the hardest thing I have gone through after my mother's death and the first two years um, of sobriety. It has been so challenging. I don't even know how I've survived it. Um, to um, recovering sexaholics, getting married, at least in our situation, wasn't a very good idea. Today we can speak... Um, a bit better about our marriage and we are in another place, but still we were in the verge of divorce on in de December for the second time, but this time I already had a place I was moving into. So um, it hasn't uh, been as smooth as my spiritual connection, that's for sure. Luckily, we are both in recovery, very committed to recovery and um and we have been able to work with our sponsors, follow uh, guidance and, and doing a lot of our personal work to survive. In the marriage, our respective traumas, our abusive childhoods, our 
uh, anger, our resentments, everything just came out warm into the marriage and it was shocking for both of us. Um, we tried many things. Uh, we went to therapy. We did a lot of things uh, today by the grace of God because it's the only thing we can say is by the grace of God today we are communicating from a different place. We spent the lockdown of COVID for four months living under the same roof without talking to each other just by notes, which was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. But it also helped to overcome codependence between us and to actually be able to separate physically and emotionally and that we could both have a, a bit of a our own lives back during those the, during those times of COVID and from that footing we've been able to restart a new a new marriage which seems to be heading in the in a good direction. I won't go a lot much more about my marriage or I'll use up my time. Um the, another thing that has happened uh, during my recovery that has made me feel like a whole person is that I, I found my profession. I'm an English teacher. I'm a, I, I trained in, in university to become a teacher. And um, I've been teaching in an adult school for the last four years, three years, three years. And um, it's it's my dream job. I got a job two minutes walking from my house, two minutes. Literally, I just walk down the street and my job is in the corner, which I had never worked so near to my home. It is, I, I love the, the, the job. I, I teach people that are unemployed and looking for work. And um, and I never thought I'd go back ever, go back or ever even teach again because I had been just I was so broken when I tried to do it before it never worked out. And now, yeah, I not I not only can teach, but I enjoy every single minute of it. And I found something I just love doing. Um, another thing that I wanted to dedicate time, and that's why I gave up a service, was um, I wanted to find a hobby. I wanted to find what the things that I like doing because I never knew what I like doing. The only thing I knew was to act out in different, all the different forms. And I never knew what I really liked to do. So when I gave up a service after chairing the international convention and I said I was giving up all form of service until I found what I enjoyed doing, I would never go back to doing service again until I could dedicate time to something I liked doing for myself. And it's actually happened. I gave room in my life for it. And I I discovered that I love drawing and coloring and knitting, which is quite basic, but I love doing it and, and I don't do enough of it. But I also discovered I love reading history books and um and um and not novels, but history books and 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 knowing what happened in the world before our day. And now that I dedicate quite some time to this, I'm ready to do some service. Um, the service I'm, I'm doing is, is just starting very recently. I was offered to work in a committee to help uh, the unity of Spanish women, um, um, Spanish women in Spain, you know, uh, to see if we can, because there's very few of us and we're all in different cities, like it happens in most of the world. Uh, but we want to create a committee to see how, how we can uh, be more together, how we can get on better, and how can we support each other better? And I, I was offered to to be the secretary of 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 this this committee, and and and, and I've taken the the service, 
and I'm looking forward to it. And it's a nice team with men are also included in the committee and we're having a meeting on Saturday. And that's all I want to do for service. But let me check the time. Okay. Um, but I am doing a lot of little services, which I find very important. I go to meetings and I go to the same meetings. I go to other fellowships, but I go to the same meetings. I like, I like, I always try to share. I, I, I might do the time. I might do some readings. Um, I, I share if I'm asked to share or if I'm phoned for, for doing any service. I also try to do small services, but I don't want to be involved in any big committees because I find it overwhelming. I, um, I have difficulty communicating my ideas and my thoughts in a committee because I, I'm very insecure and uh, because I feel I'm, Many times it's I'm not heard or I'm not understood and it's all my own paranoia. So I'm only learning now to communicate um, in committees and things. And this is a new challenge for me now that I can do it without getting angry or pushy or too loud or hanging up or running away. Or So it's a, a new challenge for me now with sobriety. And the the... The last thing, the, well, the, the two last things that are the things that have come the latest in my recovery and that really helped me to feel a whole person and not a fragmented person is actually self-care. It's a new world word which doesn't mean for me it's not self-obsession, but it's self-care. And I didn't know a lot about that because I thought self-care was going to the hairdresser and putting highlights in my hair and painting my nails and looking sexy. I thought that was self-care. And now I've discovered that it's a completely um, different thing. It's something that comes from the heart and it's very loving and tender and something that it's not noisy. It's just very calm. It's uh, maybe just putting on the heating this winter, which... I normally didn't uh, put it on because it's too expensive and just turning on the heater at night and, and being warm in bed has been a, a wonderful experience this winter. Small things like, um, yes, I've lost a lot of weight and I have a problem in my stomach, so I'm taking extra care of myself and wrapping myself up with a warm blanket or having some warm uh, tea. And um, also things like I said before, just I've asked my husband if he can walk my dog one morning so I can go and have a day on my own, a morning on my own. And I might go to a nice museum and look at something or I might go to a library and read a book, which are things that I've always wanted to do and I was never able to do. Um, um I dedicate in the morning, I made some room and I dedicate some time to painting and drawing and knitting in the mornings uh, before my day starts. And I love that. And I also read my history book and I feel so grounded before I start my day to have time for myself. And uh, and last but not least is my relationships, my relationship with other human beings, which is one of the hardest thing uh, in my life is trying to relate to other human human beings. I thought with recovery, it would be much easier, but it is very still very hard for me. Um, I'm actually working on a on a friend friend relationship with a person here that's also in my same city. 
and um, I try to be available and I try to be there for the person and also I try to set my own boundaries and look after myself and try to not be uh, because I tend to absorb people into my life and then they got drowned they I drowned them so I'm trying to also keep to myself and have my own life and space um, it's very difficult. Uh, thank you, Daniel. I'm nearly finished. Um, as, as, as I said, friendships aren't my strong and I've never had a lot of friends and, um, and I'm working on my codependence now and I'm sure it was either because I was uh, too smothering or I was too bossy probably and too angry. So I'm trying now, I'll be 50 in May, so I'm trying now to see if I can have friends, you know, like a child, I think I can have some friends before I die, uh, And but it's looking good, it's looking good. And um, and then my family of origin, I my mother passed away 12 years ago, was this 15th of March, which still is very painful, and she passed away to the addiction, multiple addiction. And I still cry because of my mother. Um, and my family of origin, my father, which he'll be 80 as well. So I'm being 50 next month and my father is 80 next month. There's 30 years between us and 10 days. He lives 10 minutes away from here with his wife and his son. He remarried. Um, not after my mother died. He remarried years ago. I have a stepmother for 40 years. And uh, my father is has the beginning of Alzheimer's and dementia because of, well, they say it's Alzheimer's and dementia, but uh, it's actually alcoholic um, amnesia or whatever it is. He's losing his mind and uh, it's also very painful. But um, I am grateful that I can go to see my dad once a week. I can't be too long with my stepmother because it's a very difficult relationship, but I can be without getting overwhelmed and um and I can sit with my dad and actually see him age and see how his mind is going without um without uh suffering too much I can be with him and I can feel the pain but I'm not dragged by it and I can sit with him and I sat with him yesterday for five minutes and he's remembering all his childhood so he told me all about his uncles and his aunts and where he went when he was a child uh, to see them and everything and it was just so nice to be able to just see their excuse me oh and be present for my father and basically that's all I wanted to say, I I feel very grateful to to say because all the things that I've said have, have happened thanks to my sobriety, thanks to the sobriety definition, which is our um, biggest treasure and what makes this fellowship so, so, so special. And um, thanks to this sobriety definition, one thing happened after the other. And I just had to follow God's plan and God's will and just keep going and keep going and keep connected. And my life started to become whole again. And that's why I wanted to share with you today, because it's really um, I feel very blessed today. Thanks to this uh, to this recovery and to this fellowship and to all of you for being a witness to 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 this journey. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Monica, sexaholic. Yvonne, I don't have any questions. Hey, Monica. 
Hi. I don't have any question. You, you explain everything so well in order, very clear. I understand you 100%. You know, thank you very much for bringing me to this fellowship and to be part of my, my recovery. Thank you very much. I love you. <laughs> thank you, Monica. Uh, Marty? Yeah, Mark, grateful recovery sex and all. Uh, thank you so much, Yvonne. I uh, I can identify with a lot of what you had said, uh, especially about uh, putting myself, um, uh, how would I say it, the, the hidden things that I would have liked to have done. And one of them was just like yourself, uh, I've always liked to draw and, um, and fiddle around that way, but um, I didn't. And uh, again, because of getting into therapy and uh, starting the program and then going to <laughs> ended up uh, going into prison, uh, that is surprising enough. God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Uh, I got into a uh, art therapy thing and, and started doing my painting. And I, I took up watercolor. And mm-hmm. uh, boy, I'll tell you, it was part of my recovery throughout those years, being able to, uh, um, you know, to do that painting. So uh, I'm glad that you were able to do the same. Um, you know, that's a gift that sometimes we, you know, those talents that we we don't know we have or we think we have, and and because of our lack of self love, maybe, and uh, and 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 this program and. Uh, God uh, just kept loving us. And so thank you so much. And uh, you'll be in my prayers that all things keep going. Um, and thank you again. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marty. Natalie? Hi, Natalie, sexaholic. Yvonne, thank you so, so much for sharing this with us. I usually don't share after a speakers meeting um, or during a speakers meeting, but this was so moving and so beautiful. And I just want to thank you. And there were so many things I could relate to about, about self-care, for example. I'm, I'm, I'm learning this. I'm here two months now, uh, so we're three months. Uh, I'm just learning this, and it's it's amazing to to do this. Um, I can go on for like an hour about the things you said that I was thinking, like, oh my god, yeah, I experienced the same things. So I just want to thank you for doing this, for sharing this with us, and it really meant a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Papa. Thank you, Natalie. Raquel. Um, hello, I am Raquel. I am a sexaholic. Uh, um, I would like to say that uh, I'm very grateful uh, to Yvonne because uh, we are a few uh, women in, um, in in Spain, but when when she arrived uh, to SA, uh, were were less than now, and she set the seeds um, to the fellowship. Now, um, I'm very grateful um, for all the um, 
of the recovery that the, the women in Spain will have is uh, thanks to her. And um, uh, um, the idea of uh, helping women is, uh, is uh, from Yvonne. Uh, since the beginning, she was uh, helping all the women um, um, starting and, and, and arriving in SA. I'm so grateful uh, and thank you so much to be so honest and uh, to say all of that. And uh, you, you have uh, your heart in everything you do. Thank you so much. Sister. Thank you, Raquel. Juan Carlos. Hello, everyone. Uh, Juan Carlos is a holid. Uh, wow, Yvonne. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much for for meeting you. Uh, I remember in my early sobriety, uh, we met uh, each other in the national convention in in December uh, 19. Yeah, it was in 1917. And since then, I was uh, following your footprints because uh, I. I envy, a positive envy of your marriage because in my case, I was still married with my wife, but we had a, a lot of traumas in, in, our, in our marriage. So I was, uh, yes, uh, trying to cope, uh, to, to copy your, uh, your recovery and as well as we could, we would be able of working together in our international convention here mm. in Madrid. It was a awesome time uh, in your crew. Uh, uh, nowadays, uh, I think that part of my recovery is because of your, uh, of your I, know, I don't know how to say, because I met you uh, as well as Luke. So I'm, from, I'm honored to be part of this uh, fellowship. And because of you guys, uh, I think this more important. But also I want to ask you uh, about uh, emotional sobriety, but because for me, uh, I am still sober. Yeah, wow, it's one day more. But uh, I need to learn that for others, how do they cope with uh, emotional sobriety in their daily basis? So uh, you are pleased. Uh, I, like, I would like to know how do, do you manage to, to stay emotionally sober each day? Please. Thank you. Boof. Um, thank you, Juan Carlos. Yes, I still remember the day we met in the little room in in a little room in 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 um, El Escoriale, in a tiny room that we were trying to get all the international committee in there. And um, and I I still remember we we were waiting. Who was Juan Carlos? Who was going to be the treasurer? And we wanted to know who it was. Yes, there were. It was a great event. Um, Emotional sobriety, bueno, poof, that could be another session. Um, um, well, I, recently I was with Monica the, at, on Saturday and I lost my sobriety, my emotional sobriety because water fell on top of a, of a, a copy book I had. And I started saying bad words like, oh, 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 the water, my copy book. And then I stopped and I said to Monica, okay, I'm losing my emotional sobriety over water on a copy book, you know, so stop. And um, I still lose my emotional sobriety with simple things like that. And um, what I suppose really what I really more than focusing on the emotional sobriety what i'm really trying to focus on now is that i just want to i just want peace in my life it's uh, i just want i don't want any more anger 
resentment, bad words, um, being out of line, getting out of myself. I just really want to live in peace. And uh, so I'm applying a lot of the Al-Anon principles. And I do go to a lot, I must say, a lot of Al-Anon meetings to keep my emotional sobriety. But especially now, it's just to keep the peace. So I prefer to say I'm sorry than to have a fight. I prefer to... um, what is it that they say? Do you prefer to be right or to be happy? Uh, and so, or to be, yeah, is it like that? No, right. To, uh, to be, yeah. And then I prefer to be happy. So I don't care if I'm right or I'm wrong or, uh, so I'm just, it's, it's a long, I, I wouldn't know how to answer any shorter, but I'm just trying to focus on the peace on being in peace. Yeah. And let go of any other agenda I might have. Yeah. Thank you for asking Juan Carlos. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Ivan and Carlos. We'll do uh, Lee and Martina, and then we'll pick up with uh, Ashish as uh, under under 30 days. So, Lee, you're up next. Well, I'm having trouble getting myself unmuted, but I finally did. Uh, my name's Lee, and I'm a real sexaholic. Uh, first, Yvonne, I want to say... Hey, Lee. I saw no reason for any feelings of insecurity. The talk was great. And I, the point I resonated with was the idea of friendships. That's been very hard for me. Uh, my, uh, my trauma began before I can remember. Uh, my acting out began when I was five years old. And so all of the people were cut out of my life. Uh, and it was, you know, intimate friendships with family, friends or anything just didn't happen. And uh, I fell We're losing you, Lee. I could relate, relate to, but. I said I had many people around me that I was relating to, but uh, I was really a loner with social skills. Uh, when I got into recovery, I started meeting some people that I was honest with. But what I was after the meetings, going out to cough and then letting that go to sharing a wall, uh, I'm beginning to get uh, some more friends now after being in this for uh, 35 years plus. So um, what are the uh, avenues uh, that you take to establish uh, friendships? Did you get that, Yvonne? Was that a question? I think so. He said okay. the avenues you take to to look for friendships, I believe, okay. if I have that rightly. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got kicked out for a minute. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how do you start establishing mm-hmm. friendships since so, with a, such a long time of struggling with it? Mm-hmm. So I just was Thank you. A sharing experience. I've had the same. Yeah. 
Actually, the first thing I had to do uh, was um, accept. I first just had to say to myself, okay, I'm a failure with friendships. And I I just accepted that, yeah, I for I was like, compa- I think I felt compassion for myself finally and say, well, I've been incapable of having friendships because of I've been a very messed up person. So I was relating to others from a very difficult place. So the first thing was like to feel compassion and forgiveness for myself. And it's not my fault that I haven't been able to do things better. And um, um, how I'm, I'm really not doing a lot. I'm sort of waiting to see where God guides me. As I said, I, as we say, and I say, my picker is broke. Well, my picker is broke with men and my picker is broke with friendships as well. So I normally choose the wrong people. So I'm sort of waiting more to see what God brings into my life more than me trying to go looking for something. Because I finally also found a friendship with myself, which is like a new thing. And it's like, oh, I'm going to color with Yvonne. So I can color with Yvonne or I can knit with Yvonne or do something with Yvonne. And now it's like, oh, my God, I like this new friend. So I'm I'm dedicating time to Yvonne. And... um and then waiting for life, life of God brings my way. As I said, I'm getting closer to a, a member in Barcelona and, um, and we are going very slowly and it's like a relationship. We go very slowly. We respect our place, our spaces and, and, um, and we see where we're going, but there's, there's a nice relationship being built up. And today, actually, I made, I made two calls to two members of the SA fellowship uh, to see if we can get together. There's a nice feast day coming up in a couple of months and see if we can have a bit of a gathering. And I hadn't contacted them at least in the last two years. So I did that action um, to see if we can get together. But I'm not doing a lot, I must say. I'm more waiting to see what God will guide me to because I tend to be a bit um, compulsive and, and, and wanting people in my life. So I'm just taking it very easily. Thank you. Thanks, Yvonne. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Yvonne and Lee. Uh, Martina. Yeah, this is this is Martina, sexaholic from Germany. Yeah. Hey, Martina. Thank you. Hello. Martina. Thank you so much for your share, Yvonne. I'm very, very touched by my heart by listening to you. And um, I I had the honor to be a participant of your women's 12-step workshop in 2016 mm-hmm. with the goal to connect the SA Women's Fellowship. And some of these women are still in the fellowship and they are my SA sisters now. It was very and I was um, quite new in the recovery by then, and it was so important for me to to meet to meet these women. And always, of course, women are are important for my for my recovery. And I'm so I feel so blessed to to hear your story and to see how committed to God you are and how how deep is your your faith actually. And um, yeah, I'm, I was re- really sorry to. To hear that you had to to go to to such hard times, um, but it's yeah, I'm just um, I'm just grateful, and I just want to say a, a big thank you to you. Thanks. 
Gracias, Martina, guapa. Thanks, Martina. Now we can go to folks with fewer than 30 days, and we'll, we'll, uh, we've got Ashish, and then Nora will be up next. Go ahead, Ashish. Hello, everybody. My name is Ashish. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, wonderful being here. I didn't know if this, uh, this is my first time to this meeting, so I didn't know how to introduce myself. Uh, I thought, you know, uh, it was an AA big book study or something. I don't know. But it, it is the right place where I'm supposed to be. So um, I had, uh, I just recently started Sexaholic uh, about uh, maybe about eight months ago. And uh, right out of the gate, based on their teachings and stuff, I had five months of uh, sobriety. And that was awesome. Um, and then I, I had a little uh, slippery slope and, uh, uh, you know, um, lust in my heart. And I had, uh, um, I had slipped. And um, it was during the intimacy with my wife, but it wasn't anything bad, but I need to stop beating up myself. So uh, my question is, you know, we have this higher power to teach you. And my marriage, uh, I feel, you know, I need to give instead of take from lust. And I need to te- treat my wife as a person, you know, who who's, uh, how should I say, it was a arranged marriage, but I come to love my wife and, and uh, feel, you know, we have been put together. We went around the fire seven times and it's a, it's an Indian marriage. And it was like, you know, uh, she's very hot-headed and strong-tempered. And I'm also... I'm just stubborn, I guess. Not not very hot headed, but stubborn. So, but the question is, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, I, what I learned through the sex, sexaholic is that, uh, you know, um, um, uh, that that um, uh, marriage is sacred between husband and wife, and uh, it's um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, it's put together by uh, God to, you know, be man and wife. So, you know, anything you take from outside the marriage is lust and, and kind of, you know, bad. So what I try to do is keep that. And that's been helping and I'm going to keep doing that. But the thing is, my question is, how do you become, become closer to God? I know there's service work. I know there's uh, having love in your heart. I don't know what that means, but have, you know, have, having a power that's greater than yourself. Uh, how do you find that strength? Um, you know, uh, the relationship, the closeness, the mental block, lift that mental block. That's all. Thank you. Sorry. It was long-winded. Sorry about that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the fellowship. I hope you find in the fellowship what I have found as well. Um, that's a very good question. Well, the first thing I can say is sobriety with sobriety and sobriety and sobriety is the is the key to to everything um so by keeping sober every day that i was sober uh, one more day one more day um that gets you closer to gets you closer to god and gets you closer to another life in my experience um my higher power with my with god uh, it's I've had to put in the work. I, it has. It, it hasn't been something that has just come. And, and I, I dedicate. I've dedicated a lot of time, and I dedicate a lot of time to God and to my higher power. And um, there was once, I think it was a pianist that said, um, 
how did they ask him, how did you get so good at playing the piano? And he said, because when I, something like that, some, some of you might know it. He said, because I practice playing the piano when I feel like doing it and when I don't feel like doing it. So I practice my faith every day when I feel like doing it and when I don't feel like doing it. And I do it every single day and I dedicate many hours uh, to it and thought during the day. And there's no really special, there's no special trick about it. It's just like to be consistent and to keep sober, sober, sobriety. Sobriety is the, is the key and, uh, and putting in a bit of the practice, we would say thank you. Thank you so much. Just exactly what I need to do right here. Mm -hmm. Keep one foot in front of the other and keep going and keep that sobriety number one. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Thank you for your service work again. And welcome back. Thank you. Thanks, Yvonne. And thanks, Ashish, for your, your question. Uh, let's go with Nora and then Arash. And I think that's about the, all the time we'll have for questions and comments. So, Nora? Thank you, Daniel. Um, thanks so much, Yvonne, for sharing this. Uh, my name is Nora. I'm a sexaholic. I'm just really grateful to get to hear you today. It's the first time I see you in a meeting or hear you, but I'm so grateful I chose to hop onto the meeting tonight. Um, so I'll jump to my question immediately. I It just came up in my head because I'm I'm just so frequently visited by this thought or emotion or whatever I may call it. It's that um, I heard uh, Roy K uh, talk about it once. It's the that very insistent uh, old programming or I don't know if I'm describing it in the right way, but this is how I feel it. It's that old thought or it's just engraved into my soul telling me that only... Uh, a man in my case, or just someone from the other sex will be able to fill up this hole that's in my soul. Um, the, the more I'm sober, the more I feel like I'm aware of it. I'm aware of the void. I'm aware of the, the emptiness inside. And I'm aware of my insistent desire to have someone feel, fill that void. Um, sometimes I hear my mind answering back, just surrender to the process, keep working the steps. I'm on step four. And, um, yeah, to just surrender to the process, but sometimes it's very hard to do that. And I just want some hope, I guess. I just want some hope telling me that it's it's getting better and that one day or progressively it will somehow dissipate or just get better. Yeah, I hope this makes sense. Thank you. That wasn't a question, no? I think, Nora... Um, you, I'm, I'm just sharing. If, if you can yes. relate to it, how, how, when, or how uh, did you feel like that feeling dissipated or just got better? Mm. If you, if you're okay. able to relate to that, yeah. Of being wanted, like to be filled with a man, you mean? Yeah. With a relationship or something. Um, I, I surrendered it. It took a long time, I must say. I surrendered it. Uh, Every single day, and um, 
I surrendered it to God every single day. I was I was already in my forties when I arrived in SA, and um, I I never thought I would even have I would I never thought I would marry or that I would have a relationship. So I really let let it go, let it go, surrendering it every day. It it doesn't happen magically, and um, it, but it does go away. And the obsession with men as well. Uh, took some time but it eventually also went away and um and when i say some time it's two three years eh? i'm not saying two three months it took some time and i still i i um, i i can still remember the day that i had passed 24 hours and i hadn't thought of a man or i hadn't focused on a man or i didn't think a man was going to fill my life it it took some time but it's an obsession it will go if 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 at least what i did was to start focusing in other things of my life and then leave it like at the back of my mind until eventually it goes away and not give it that that much attention and it will go like any other obsession if we, if we stay sober it does go away yeah Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Thanks, Nora and Yvonne. And uh, all we have time left is Arash. If you can be fairly quick, we just have a yeah. couple left. Go ahead. Nice, I can. Uh, hi, I'm Arash Sexolic. Thank you so much, Yvonne. I uh, just want to say thank you. It was really, really, really lovely to hear this story. I've heard some part of it before, but it was a beautiful explanation and how, how you are now it really it gives me more hope to stay in this path and i'm really happy to hear about the good news about your marriage which you shared and we have prayed a lot for you i have to say mm-hmm. really much and it was a great news to hear that and uh, yeah it was a long time ago we saw you first time last time i think it was when you started this meeting with yes. Luke and there were only five people. It was me, you, Ahmed, and Hendrik from Copenhagen. And yes. uh, when lockdown started, and now here we are, we reach up to 70 people sometimes. So mm-hmm. we have missed you and hopefully oh. we can see you more here. Thank you for yeah. the you. message and love. And thank, thank you, Daniel, for your service. Thank you. Right. And thanks thank so much yes. for timekeeping. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for timekeeping. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.